Pause, my man. You're hitting the nail right on the head in this new episode. Ice Cube all day. Ice T couldn't carry Ice Cube's jock. Yeah! For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. You. Between you. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. Strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 56 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Also known as the Ass Crusher, a.k.a. the Window Crusher, a.k.a. Brick McWitten. The names keep coming. They keep coming. So, uh, this week we're going to talk a little E3 news, and then we're going to do some listener emails, because news is slow. Like the digestion of a sarlacc. Right. Right. Something like that. Takes a thousand years. So before we get into all that, how's your week been this week, buddy? It's been good. It's been busy training new chefs and whatnot. I gotcha. Well, um... How's your week been? Long. Man, my job is killing me. Long and hard. Like your dick. Jesse wishes. Ba-doom. It's not cool more when you like, got to do your own badoosh. More like short and soft. Like one of the mushrooms from fucking <laughs> Super Mario. Like mushy and disappointing. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, I couldn't think of a good food analogy for <laughs> mushy and disappointing. A vienna sausage? <laughs> Man, it's pretty bad when you open a can of vienna sausages and pull one out and you go, damn, I wish I was that big. Right? Yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, I think I'm just going to keep going with uh, my dick as little jokes because Jesse loves them, apparently. <coughs> anyway, so why don't we, uh, before we jump into the news, let me give you guys the info that you need. The info that you need is that if you don't already, you should like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you'd like to email us, do that at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Also, go vote for our buddy Sal at the Star Wars Fan Film Awards, starwarsfanfilmawards.com. His fan film is called Exile, Star Wars Exile. The best Quinlan Voss I've ever seen in my life. No doubt. So, 
Um, Will is getting a call. I believe it's George Lucas calling in for his Blue Harvest interview about his shenanigans with Heidi Fleiss. Yeah, that's happening this week. Right. Oh, man. Apparently, George Lucas was at the opening of Shanghai Disney this week, and a fan took a picture with him, and George Lucas has the most dad shoes I've ever seen. Like, dirty, white ass just plain white dirty ass shoes like probably the same shoes my dad is rocking right now oh no (laughs) i was just like he's a billionaire man several times over buy yourself some nice shoes that's how you keep all your billions go get a pair of adidas or something you wear uh you wear really (laughs) old dad shoes some fucking what are some dad shoes what are some brands of dad shoes sperry oh hello 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 Hello, hello. Oh, that was a nice... Dharma stepped on the power cord to the fucking mixer and fucked shit up. So, you know, I guess that's our thing now. Technical difficulties. Dude, it's a... We're Blue Harvest, the Star Wars Technical Difficulties podcast. (laughs) What happened last time? How much did... Well, damn. Quite a lot. Quite Quite a a lot actually got lost last time. Um, So, uh, this week in the Star Wars news... The E3 conference is going on, and uh, I was expecting some good Star Wars games news, and we got a little bit of a fluff piece, and that's about it. Um, During EA's conference, they showed a video, sort of a behind-the-scenes deal, of what they've got going on, and it didn't show really anything. Um, The biggest thing they announced is that EA Motive is working on the next Star Wars Battlefront with dice and i'm if i had to guess they're probably working on the campaign of that because people i saw some shots of you know like a pilot climbing in an x-wing and just some other stuff that looked really neat so i assumed it was part of the campaign yeah people you know were so up in arms about there not being a single player campaign that i'm sure it'll be included in the next one that seems to be how these things are going lately um they also showed a little bit of motion capture work for the Respawn Star Wars game. And they were motion capturing a lightsaber fight. Yeah, that looked awesome. Like, talk about wanting to be that guy. Yeah, no, like, I couldn't be that guy because it would look like you put, you know. The Star Wars kit. It would look like, if it was me, they'd be like, since when are there Jedi in wheelchair? And why, how'd the Star Wars kid get a fucking gig motion capturing for a respawn game i'd I'd put on the motion capture suit and like whoa that suit's having a little trouble bro (laughs) yeah you sure that suit's (laughs) gonna hang in there looks like the michelin man hate that guy (laughs) mine they would motion capture my man boob taking somebody out (laughs) and be my jedi special my golf balls would be going all over the place (laughs) smacking some dude in the face with my moob um and then what else did they show they showed they dedicated way too much time to Galaxy of Heroes and the Old Republic, which I, I like both of those, but show us new shit, man. Right. Uh, and I'll say this. I, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that play the Old Republic still. And that, right. it looks incredible still. I mean, oh, yeah. I, it I mean, still looks good. I was really hoping um, that maybe we were going to get a console announcement for the the Old Republic this year because... A lot of those older MMOs are starting to come over to the consoles. DC Universe Online, Star Star Trek Online is coming. They ported that weird APB game. APB, All Points Bulletin? Yeah, it's it's sort of like a a GTA 
rip-off MMO. I see. <laughs> they just ported that over to Xbox Live as a free-to-play title. I, I just figured at some point they would do that with the older public, but it, if they are plan- if they were ever planning on it, it does not look like it's happening anytime soon. Hell, they did it with Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, with uh, Neverwinter Nights. Neverwinter Nights. Or Neverwinter is right. what it's called. The I, MMO yeah, version. I played Neverwinter. played it for a minute, dude. Those things just get old. I mean, the grind and the mission, it's just rinse and repeat. And if your buddies aren't your level, you don't want to play by yourself. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just so well, repetitive. That's, that's, you know, not knocking anybody that likes that Neverwinter game, but that's more the fault of <coughs> that game in <coughs> particular. A, a right. well-done MMO, even if you do have to grind isn't going to affect you like that. Right. You know, you'll it'll it, it'll just sort of go over. Which I think the old republic has really kind of set the standard for that with all of the story options and Yeah, actual see that's the thing playing by yourself on the old republic can actually be a pretty fun and fulfilling experience. But even then I I got to the point where I just didn't have anybody to play with, so it wasn't as fun as it could be, so. Right. Uh, that's why I want a console version to come out cuz then all my friends that have Xbox Ones that are in the Star Wars could play with me. Absolutely. That'd be incredible. And finally, in this whole fluff video, they showed us um, the first tiny bit of footage from the visceral Star Wars game being um, headed up by Amy Henning. And that's coming out in 2018. So it looks like no new Star Wars game this year. Um, it looks like we're just going to be getting Battlefront DLC to carry us through the rest of the year. Then Battlefront 2, or whatever they're going to call it, next year in 2017. The Visceral game in 2018. And then Respawn's game sometime after that, and whatever else they have going on. Yeah. Uh, I was really hoping for a, yeah, I was a new Star Wars game this year. Be some more meat and potatoes in there. I mean, look, I, maybe they're counting lego star wars as their game this year which don't get me wrong i'm excited about i'll play it but i wanted something a little more in depth not hating on the lego games yeah i was about to say this is not me hating on lego star wars in any way but i know exactly what i'm gonna get i played one lego star wars movie i mean game and it was like the next i played the indiana jones game like it was they're similar like you, you create some levels and there's some cute kidsy jokes, and it's great for little kids. And uh, you mean, know what? Like, I still enjoyed it. Right. It was, I played um, um, Lego Avengers or Lego Marvel superheroes or something. And it's fun and it's challenging, but it's not necessarily <laughs> the experience I'm looking for with exactly. Star Wars. Exactly. So, um, and actually, a Lego: The Force Awakens comes out in like two weeks, less than two weeks. So maybe that'll hold me over. We'll see. I'm just kind of bummed. I was hoping for a, a more comprehensive or extensive Star Wars video game experience this year. And I'm going to check out all the Battlefront DLC, but wanted, I wanted more. I'm impatient. That's what it comes down to. Well, it also, it's the fact that there's so much now, I think. Used to, we had to savor every single Star Wars morsel, but now it's been put in the production machine. Like, right. It's, they're churning out, Star. they've got plans to churn out Star Wars for, for a, a long while time yeah. now and they make you wait for it on purpose well and and also you know i, I don't want to bitch too much because hopefully it's a sign of them really putting in the work and development time it, that's needed to make right. something really awesome instead of crying to just, just like crank said, out some bullshit i'm just impatient 
we went so long without good Star Wars video games. Like there was a long drought. Like there was. It seemed like there was the Force uh, Unleashed two, and then the Old Republic, and then that was it until Battlefront came out. And I, I guess that's because it switched hands and all the yeah the and, legal things had to change and projects. And got then they had and, to get you know EA basically had to start from the ground up. Um, so. I'm excited about these games that are coming. I just wish they were coming a little sooner. Yeah. Uh, part of me wonders if if they're holding off on a couple of them for these new powerful cons, these new upgraded Xbox Ones and PS4s that are coming out, the 4K right capable consoles. I wonder if they're waiting on those to come out so they can really take advantage of the most up to date tech on those, or if this is just the name of the game. It takes time to make something awesome. That's probably what I mean. That's kind of the the formula for everything, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I just wish I don't know. Wish it was out now. Wish all these games were out now, and I could just stay home and play them all. Right. They also announced a Star Wars VR X Wing mission. Yeah, I saw the VR helmet on the guy, and it yeah. was. I saw him looking around in the X-wing cockpit, and I got super excited. So, from what I understand, it's it's basically just a single mission for Battlefront, but VR like a VR mission, and it's uh right now it's only on PlayStation Four, but I think that's mainly because Xbox doesn't have a VR setup yet. Once the Xbox Scorpio or whatever it's called comes out next year and that's going to be vr ready being built with vr in mind that's really neat um i have a feeling that some of these things that are only on playstation now will then come over to to xbox once you know they've got their vr ducks in a row yeah that makes sense but i mean facebook owns oh wait right owns oculus facebook owns oculus Mm -hmm. does microsoft own facebook they're no. partnered in some way. Microsoft and, and Oculus are par- partnered in some way. Um, I don't know the exact details, but they don't. I don't think they own any stake in Oculus. Okay, it's just some sort of you know business arrangement or whatever. Um, but it's <clears throat> one of those things where like, um, uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, if if I had to guess. When Microsoft does go into VR in a big bad way with Xbox, it it'll probably be an Oculus device, if I had to guess. Oh yeah, Sony's got their own thing going on, the Morpheus or whatever really? it's called. Yeah. Do you know anything about how they differ? Um. Well, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not sure how people are going to react to the Morpheus. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's going to be people that like it. The thing is, is from what I understand with all these new consoles coming out, the new version of the PlayStation and the new version of the Xbox, right? part of the reason they're upgrading them to be 4K capable is to handle VR. Whoa. So I don't know that you're going to get the true VR experience out of this first generation Sony PlayStation VR or whatever it's called. It'll be more like how the Wii kind of... Maybe. I just don't know that it's going to have the resolution to pull it off. Because from what I understand, to really pull VR off, you need to have 4K, which gives you basically 1080p for each eye. Yeah. And from what I understand, the PlayStation 4, as it is now, can't do that. The PlayStation Neo or whatever it is 
and the Xbox Scorpion will Scorpio will. So we'll see. I'm sure Sony will have an updated version of that technology once they bring out their new console. Um, well, do you want to get into some listener emails? Absolutely. Well, first up, we don't have an email. We have a voice question. Uh, a buddy of ours, you actually heard him at the beginning of the show, backing me up on my Ice Cube argument, um, sent us in a question, and this is from our buddy Steve Mack. Oz, my man, I am, I'm listening to episode 38 right now. You and Will get a big thing about Force Ghosts. Is, uh, is you and McGregor going to come back? Force Ghosts, should he be an old guy? My question to you is, when Luke disappeared on Arc 2, where was the fucking Obi-Wan Force Ghost to tell him, hey, bro, you can't leave. What's your problem? I, I mean, come on. I don't know. That's a question I have. Also, the Blues Brothers. Holy shit. When you said Pier 1 Imports, I immediately was in the car with Jake and Elwood. Pier 1 Imports. The small get everything. <laughs> New Oldsmobiles are in early this year. <laughs> well, thanks for sending that in, buddy. Thanks um, for the voicemail. So, to answer his question about the Obi-Wan, and, you know, I know he's just like, you know, he's being a funny dude. Man, he, he called in with a song to uh, Rogue One this week, and that shit was funny. I, I recommend everybody listening to that dude. That dude was giving it his all singing. Um, but, um, so I, I heard this earlier in the week and I actually thought about it like a serious question. And there's a couple things I came up with. Um, the first one would be that how do we know that Luke going off to Ock 2 isn't what Ghost Obi-Wan or Ghost Yoda or whoever actually wanted? Like, I don't think Luke is just hiding. I could be wrong. That's my feeling. Like, I really feel like it's okay that Luke went off to be... Maybe that's what he needed. Like, And maybe Obi-Wan didn't speak to him because he didn't need to. Like, Luke was progressing as a Jedi still, growing in power and wisdom, even without Ben's guidance. Like, that's what Ben and Yoda worked so hard to do, was to make sure Luke was set up so that he could grow as a Jedi still. Like, And Yoda told him, uh, what did it, pass on what you have learned? Right. And like that's uh, he's been mandated there to right. carry you know to carry that on. I believe that the fact that Yoda and Obi-Wan did live lives of solidarity and seclusion, they still grew in power. I be, it's obviously possible for a Jedi to even still grow in power in, in a in a life of seclusion as a hermit. Right. Well, see, my my thinking is is like it's not Luke was just like, oh fuck this, I'm out. Now that could be it. He could be just piecing out. He's like, look, I'm done. I almost wonder if he has some sort of plan, or if he's off searching for some sort of answer, or some sort of help in this whole situation. You know. And me and my ridiculous self, I'm thinking like a samurai movie. He went off to train. Like he went off to be alone because he was so upset about his order being decimated by his nephew. You know, just he needed time to clear his mind and feel what the force needed him to do and right. to train and become stronger. Focus. Um, 
it, it could be that or I mean I think he's searching for something. Yeah. Like, why else would he go look to for the, where the, the uh, supposedly the first, first Jedi, Jedi temple, is. right? So, is he looking for some? That makes a lot of sense. Teachings or some writings or some. I was just like, maybe he needs to go to the first temple to try to get his shit together. Basically, I mean, it could like, be that too. The other thing could be what that can I learn from that, here? That maybe Ghost Obi Wan, Force Ghost Obi Wan, was like, "Hey, you don't need to leave right now," and Luke was like. Fuck you, son. Did you see? Do you see what just happened? Yeah, my bitch ass nephew just killed all my students. I'm out. Why well, I don't think that would happen is I don't be- either. Is because we see the quiet calmness in the storm as Luke, a Jedi, like he even in his moment, bef- you know, front confronting the Emperor, like he was, he remained true and calm. Like no, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, like and throw my lightsaber down. I will remain a Jedi to my end. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I don't think Luke would. I don't think he would bitch out and just bitch leave. out. Just I mean, that could be what, what's going on. I'm sure that is an answer we'll get in episode eight. Uh, you have I'll to figure. Totally, like, you have to give me a reason why he's there alone. We have to know eventually. We have to know what's going on on Octu. And I think we probably will. Uh, but once again, thanks for calling in, Steve, buddy. And I'm glad you agree with me about old Ice Cube. Ice T, I think is what you meant to say. What you both, what you both meant to say. No, he agrees. He, oh no, Will's here taking up for Ice T. I mean, someone's got to. The, y'all are trashing the poor man. Oh, uh, whatever, Steve. Uh, you know what's funny? We went over to Steve's and I house. watched that fucking like uh, Law and Order shit. Tutuola, <laughs> uh, Detective Tutuola. That was his name? Uh-huh. What a terrible character name. <laughs> uh, we went over to Steve, our, our buddy Steve, not Steve Mack, Steve Cobra. Uh, Jesse and I went over to his house for Game of Thrones night um, a couple of nights ago. And when we went in, Steve was like, oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you that Ice-T was in such and such movie, and he was good in that, and he was also good in the Dave Chappelle skit. And I was like, okay, I give you both of those. Although, Ice Cube's still better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So our next uh, email is from my sister's best friend, Jennifer. She wrote in to us. Nice. She's written in before. She has something to say this week. And you know what? It's somebody else backing me up. Oh, no. She has this to say. I also thought, put your helmet back on, Kylo Ren. When the big reveal happened in episode seven, <laughs> how can that be the product of the two hottest Han and Leia? But his awkward looks plus his emotional outburst made me feel like he was supposed to be that awkward changing teenager type. So what's your opinion on where his character is going in Rogue One? I think she meant episode eight. Yeah, I, th- I think that was just a typo in case just in case I'm sure she knows the difference, but just in case. Rogue One is not episode eight. Rogue One is the first spinoff movie that we're getting this December that takes place in between episode three and four that details how the Rebels got a hold of the plans for the first Death Star. <clears throat> but easy enough to happen. I mean, uh, we don't have a title for episode eight. We got a title for Rogue One, so I can see where the confusion will come in. Do you think he'll stay dark side or make a move to the light? Y'all are the best. And Will, I admit, I laughed a little when picturing you bent over halfway losing your key unknowingly, even though it led to the unfortunate breaking of your window. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that sucks. That's but it's all right. It's all good now. It's a story for the ages. It is. Um, so we've talked about it a little bit. I honestly don't see him going back towards the light. Yeah, we talk. I we I feel like we go back and forth about this a lot. Um, and but we are both at the same stance. Yeah, I don't think you can redeem him. No. He killed Han Solo, his dad. He killed his dad. Not I, just his dad. Like you know, if his dad had been fucking prune face or uh fucking mama nadon the hammerhead or reese yees then okay fine but you killed han solo you bitch you killed han solo unforgivable princess leia risked her life and that of everyone else in the crew to save han solo from mm-hmm. being frozen in carbonite like yep, that's real love yeah and then old Ben Solo had to go and ruin it all. And that's how badass he is. Like, oh, we have to get Han. Oh, by the way, you want a little bit of uh, Adam Driver trivia that I I found out today? Oh, it's going to be juicy. Hit me. Okay, so he has an uncredited role in The Force Awakens. As? As. Okay, it's on Jakku, and Rey is riding her speeder, and she goes across the desert, and there's that bird fucking slamming its head into the metal right that's adam driver (laughs) no makeup effects needed (laughs) boom boom you know where i thought that was going you thought that was gonna be a crippled i did i thought you were gonna try it because we talked about it before and i knew that you weren't gonna hit me with one because we talked about i thought you were i thought you were gonna hit me like there's no way he can you thought I was going to try. You, I did. Try to try throw the crippled ghost I Harold, did. Hail Mary? Yeah. Nah, man. He does I, I thought you thought your bluff face was good or you were just... No, I, I was ready for it. I was like, oh, yeah? No. Crippled ghost? Huh? No, Funny? even better. Than Adam Driver's fucked up face joke. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for writing in, Jennifer, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Say what's up to your brothers next time you talk to them. From old halls. You know her brother, CJ? Gave me my first beer. Did he really? He sure did. That's a cool dude. We were driving around. And why this guy, who's who's a cool guy, why this guy was hanging out with two fucking loser kids in high school, because he's a couple years older than me, he just wanted to hang out. We drove around in my buddy Chris's fucking 1980 Camry that was like old lady electric blue. Yeah. And we just drove around getting into shenanigans. And, like, CJ was a, a cool dude at my school, right? There's always a Wooderson. He, that, that's a good That's a good Somebody comparison. that's He's just kind cool of, and accepting of everybody, and you're cool. If you're, if you're cool, then you're cool with us. Like. So we uh, pulled up to his house to drop him off, and CJ, as he's getting out of the car, he's like, he gets, like, this look on his face, and he goes, hold up, I'll be right back. And he goes into his parents' house and comes out with two strows, have you ever had a Strohs? No. Man. Whew. Two Strohs. From the sound of it, I, I'm probably grateful. <laughs> yeah. And my buddy Chris was like, I'm not drinking one of those. And I was like, oh, more for me. <laughs> Two for me. Two for me. <laughs> um, so our next email is from our buddy Evan. He says, hey, guys. First off, thanks for promoting my book and for all the kind words. It's massively appreciated. And stay tuned. For the baloney Big Mac t-shirt design I have coming. That gets me excited. It does. That gets me all... I can see like... Baloney in the Big Mac. Baloney and like chips coming out of it and the piece of bread on top. (laughs) And then the... Like I can see that 
It's it's exciting. Um, so pretend you are Kathleen Kennedy, and you are in charge of Lucasfilm. How much of Episode Eight content do you or do you not release before the premiere of Rogue One? A tiny teaser, promo images, nothing. I was just wondering what the two of you would do since the since the move to get the audience aware that December won't be a follow up to TFA is so crucial to Rogue One. But at the same time, we all still want episode eight nuggets. What do you guys think, your buddy Evan? This is a good question. Okay. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I always go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, I went ahead twice before. You go ahead. It, there's so much writing on this one. Uh, <laughs> if, if it were me, like you're asking what I would, I would release nothing. I'm talking about the most trailer you would get for episode eight would be that first teaser trailer style that we got for Force Awakens. Right. The really, the brief one. Right. And that would be it. That would be all you got. There would not be multiple versions of trailers, not the long trailer. There's so, like, tease it so that everyone wants to know, because that's where everyone's at right now. Like, what the fuck is going on? What is Luke doing? Like, do not give me any information, and everyone will show up to find the answer. Like, if you give us enough for me to kind of piece it together... That won't have the effect of everyone getting the true dose of it when they see the movie. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, this is why the people doing the marketing for these movies, this is why they make the big bucks. Because it's a tough position to be in. Well, I'm sure all they do is field it with like test audiences and see... Well, not really. They don't use test audiences very much, especially when shit is so under lock and key. Really? Like there are no. I don't think screenings. you would have to, mm-hmm. like, just but to see how it goes over. Maybe some internal focus groups with people that only work in the company, right? Get to see teasers and stuff. But I, I even wonder about that. This shit is so secretive, man. Um, but I, I see what he's saying. Like, at some point, you have to. Figure out a way to let people who aren't us, who who aren't crazy Star Wars fans, know that there's a difference between Rogue One and Episode Eight. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? Honestly, I think, and this sort of goes back to the uh, email from Jennifer, what I think would make a huge difference in that is just giving us a title for Episode Eight. Throw, throw Vader in it. All you got to do is throw Vader in in the preview, and everyone will know this is not a episode eight. Okay, I agree. I I think that would one would, good shot of Vader. And I think that would make a, a world of difference for Rogue One. But then there would also be that contingency of people that were like, they're bringing Darth Vader back in Episode Eight. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying? I Even though it. you don't see a a single familiar face in the trailer or anything, there's still going to be brand confusion. So, I, I think a title helps. But I mean, to episode me, like, eight. That can't even be bad. Like, oops! Like you showed up to the movie thinking it was episode eight, and it happened to be Rogue One. That could be bad. I just for audience think, reaction, it could. I just don't think anyone you know that buys the ticket for you know goes up to the board and is like Rogue One. Well, the 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 issue comes in in the fact that in the marketing of episode of the Force Awakens. Episode 7 appeared nowhere. Like, the only time you see Episode 7 is in the opening crawl. Right. It was not in the marketing. And I understand that because it's kind of like how Marvel and DC every few years go back and renumber all their books back to to issue 1. Right. It's because people don't want to jump in on the middle of something. 
they feel like they're missing out, you know. When, of course, they could just go watch the other movies, but we're not talking you and me. We're not talking our listeners. You what know do you what think I'm saying? it'll be? Do you think it'll be The Force something? I don't think so. Because they don't, re- the titles don't really, be- like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it was A New Hope and then A New Empire and A New Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't like The Phantom Menace, The Phantom Clones, Revenge of the Phantom. They don't really carry over like that. Uh, if I had to guess, it might be Star Wars Episode Eight, Crippled uh, Ghost! For posterity's sake. Just for posterity's sake. I know that wasn't even really that good of one. That, it, was, um, it could be the baloney Big Mac strikes back. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm terrible at this. You know what's crazy is um, in the lead up to The Force Awakens, before they announced the title, I believe it was a, a thread on the Force.net's message board. Someone guessed The Force Awakens as the title. Wow. Like a year before they actually announced it as the official title. That's crazy. Um, I don't know what it'll be. I kind of feel like... So they're going to be done filming episode eight around the time of Celebration Europe. I don't think we'll get a trailer then. I think a trailer at the earliest might be with Rogue One. You know? I think that could be maybe the earliest. Because that's about a year out. I don't think anything will happen before Rogue One. I mean, I they might we'll get a title. It. They might name it. <clears throat> but other than that, I think you're right. I mean, we've gotten little shots here and there. Um, mainly from Ryan Johnson. But they're behind the scenes things. There's nothing super significant that gives away any plot details or anything, you know? Um, so past that, I don't know if it was me just because I want to see this shit. Now I, I market them all at once. The difference is, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, they promote multiple Marvel movies at once, but you can't really take that, um, approach with star Wars. And the reason why is because most Marvel movies are centered around, a character or a team up of characters. Right. So it's easy to market a Captain America movie at the same time you're marketing a Thor movie. Right. Because it's two different characters. Now, I think going forward with like the Han Solo film, the spinoff and the possible Boba Fett spinoff. Right. You, it's easier then. Yeah. Because those movies are, you know, focused on one character. Um, I just, you know, I think Rogue One is in a tough position because... Besides Vader, it's looking like we're not getting any. It's all new faces. You know what I'm saying? We're not, and it's not focusing on one character. It's focusing on a group. I like that though. Me too. I'm not complaining at all. I like the teammate aspect of it, though. Yeah, me too. And it looks like they got a pretty kick-ass team together. <coughs> I know. Cannot right. wait to see the kung fu in it. Yeah, that's just that gonna be cool. Bit of him whipping it. Uh, Stormtrooper's ass was was with that bow staff was cool. All right, so our next email is from our buddy King Tom. King Tom, Halls and Will have a question this week inspired by my Star Wars loving soon to be four year old son Luke. I get Luke's breakfast together every morning. His favorite thing to eat in the morning is a cereal bar. We got the jumbo box from Costco. Instead of being boring and asking him if he wants a red, blue, or green cereal bar, I ask him whose saber he wants. For instance, this morning, I asked him if he wanted a Darth Maul, a Qui-Gon, or an Obi-Wan. He chose Qui-Gon, and then, as he was eating it, he informed me that Obi-Wan used it too. 
Son of a bitch. Which leads me to my next question. What did Obi-Wan do with Qui-Gon's lightsaber? He uses it to dispatch Maul. He has a lightsaber clipped to his belt when he and Anakin meet meet Palpatine's shuttle at the end of The Phantom Menace. But the next time we see Obi-Wan with a saber in clones, he's back to his blue blade. I'm sure they didn't try and burn the saber with Qui-Gon's body. So why wouldn't Obi-Wan have kept it and don't say that he didn't? want to be attached to Qui-Gon. If that's the case, then he wouldn't have saved Anakin's saber for Luke. Two other related thoughts. How badass would it have been had Maul found Obi-Wan's first saber at the bottom of that pit on Naboo and used that at first? By my count, Obi-Wan has gone through more lightsabers, three versus two, than Anakin. So isn't it a bit hypocritical of him to do this whole, this weapon is your life thing to Anakin? Thanks for reading your pal, King Tom. That's a good question. One I have no fucking clue. I mean, he probably said that because that's what his master told him when he lost, you know, a lightsaber. He was probably... Well, and well, okay, so that, that we'll, we'll address that. Something tells me that Anakin lost some, some sabers off screen. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's probably trying to be a badass and impress the ladies and, like, flip it around. Because you know kids make one. He probably made one right after the Phantom Menace, like... Yeah, probably not too much longer after that. I don't know, you know, how that went, like, when they were allowed to build their sabers and shit. Well, I know those little five-year-olds were doing remote training, weren't they? They were. They were in, um... Is that Clones? Yeah, Attack of the Clones. Um, I don't don't really know, man. As far as what happened to Qui-Gon's saber... I don't know. I don't know that there was even an answer to that in the old EU. I like to think, just romantically, that Obi-Wan did save it, and he put it in his possessions, and it was it was just amongst his... It was, like, up on the wall, like, right. or on this glass shelf, or, you know, suspended over something. I don't know. And it was just in his belongings on Coruscant that maybe, he had to abandon. Maybe he took the crystal out and saved the crystal, and then when Luke went to build his Return of the Jedi saber and needed a crystal, he found that crystal, and that's why Luke's saber is green. That would be so awesome. Get at me, story group. Uh. I need a new job, story group. Let me write some Star Wars. People would be like, that's fucking dumb. Why's everything got to be connected? Oh, come on. Because the Force (laughs) is connected to everything. Oh, so thanks for writing in, King Tom. I wish I had a better answer to you, uh, for you, but keep up the good work with that kid. I like that cereal bar analogy you do with him. In fact, uh, I think I might get Jesse to pick up some cereal bars at the store just so I can be like, Give hey, me baby, a Darth Maul. Will you give me a uh, Obi-Wan um, cereal bar, please? And she can be like, um, can you get me a new fiance? Because you're never getting laid again. <laughs> well, if you start eating all those cereal bars, at least you'll be regular. At least you'll be a boyfriend that poops regularly. You know, I guess there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so our next email is from our buddy Joe. Hi, Will and Halls, and whoever the next great guest on your podcast may be. I hope you're all doing well. Keep up the great work. I watched The Force Awakens last weekend, and I laughed again at one underrated scene. Early in the movie, Finn rescues Poe from Kylo's torture chamber, and on the way to the hangar bay, he pulls Poe to a side hallway. Poe asks Finn why he's freeing him. Finn responds seemingly seriously, because it's the right thing to do. There's a deliberate pause, and Poe says, you need a pilot. 
Poe or Finn follows up immediately like he got caught in a lie with an almost apologetic, I need a pilot. I have two thoughts on this that I would like to share. First, Kia D. Mundi would have torn through the entire First Order to save Poe <laughs> and crush Star Killer Base all at once, thus ending the entire Star Wars saga in five min- minutes. King Tom can't argue on that. Ha, just kidding. First, that scene was just another example of awesome of Oscar <coughs> Oscar Isaac's acting prowess. He seems just to own every scene he's in. I ask that you and your listeners pay attention to Poe's eyes in that scene as he tries to figure out what Finn's trying to do. That's serious acting talent on display. Secondly, it still cracks me up every time Poe says, you need a pilot, followed up with Finn's, I need a pilot. I still laugh every time I see the scene, but none of my friends seem to pick up on the subtlety of the humor of John Boyega's response. So my question is this. Is there a scene in The Force Awakens specifically, or any Star Wars movie in general, that you feel is underappreciated? For me, it goes back to the opening space scene in Revenge of the Sith. From his damaged starfighter, Obi-Wan tells Anakin to go save the Chancellor. Anakin says, I'm not leaving without you, Master. It's just how Anakin Hayden Christensen delivers that line that makes me appreciate him as the right actor to portray Anakin. There's genuine concern from Anakin, and it goes back to watching Anakin's eyes, like paying attention to Oscar Isaac's eyes. Among my friend friends, Hayden Christensen is considered too whiny as Anakin, and that made him as a cher- terrible choice to eventually become Darth Vader. However, there's something about how Hayden Christensen portrays emotions through his facial expressions that makes me appreciate him as the person who will eventually become Vader more than my friends think. Regardless, may the force be with you and with everyone who is fortunate enough to listen to your podcast, Joe. Well, thanks for writing in, Joe. Um, so, underrated scenes. That's a good question. There's one in The Force Awakens, which I put, I, I put down for a couple of weeks, and now I've watched it like four times recently since I got my new TV. Back on watching it all the time. There's one that cracks me up now that didn't crack me up before, and it's when... Um, Han is caught in between the two gangs on the freighter. You know what I'm talking about? Kanja Club and the Guavian Death Gang. And they're like arguing. And then that one guy, Bala Teak or whatever, is like, that BB unit. You know, he says the First Order is looking for one just like it. And uh, Han's like, first I've heard of it. And he goes, kill him. And they raise up their guns. Han holds his hand out. And he's like, whoa, whoa. And he's like laughing. Like, yeah. while he does it, I don't yeah. know why that shit cracks me up. Right. I, I don't know. I really enjoy the interactions between Poe and Finn. All of me them. Me too. You know, giving him his name, like, them escaping together, the re- you know the big hug when they reunite, him saving his ass as a pilot. Like, there's just, there's a real, I don't know, connection between Poe and Finn that I really like. I do so too. So all of their interactions I really enjoy. Um, the interaction in The Force Awakens between Rey and Finn after they pull off that move oh, and shoot those two TIE fighters. That's so good. That's They're just you know, so excited. It's a excited. very human moment. It is. It is. Oh, you did great. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Um, oh. An underrated moment, the, the get back for I Love You, I Know in The Return of the Jedi when she, oh, yeah. when she, she gets, gets shot, shot, but she pulls the pistol out. and he He's gets like, I love you. And she's like, I know. I know. And he, boom, blows that dude away. That's a great, 
uh, scene. That is a good one. And one that sticks with me, the last thing I'll say is, it's a new hope. Uh, in So they're in the Death Star, and they took the control room, and Obi-Wan Kenobi goes off, and Luke is trying to convince Han to save Leia. Uh, and he's like... She's rich. She's rich. He's like, how, how rich? rich? Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, you know one I think is underrated in Return of the Jedi when um, the Ewok comes up and hugs Han's leg? I would good. Pick- I'd pick that little motherfucker up and give him the biggest old the best human mini to Ewok hug. hug. And he'd be like, <laughs> Oh, That makes me want to go hug Walter. <laughs> so our next email is from our buddy Aaron. And he has this to say, Dear Halls and Will, I hope all is well. I hope that Will did not have to break any more windows. Any update on that? Any more I windows? I haven't had broken? to break any windows. Good. Halls. I know your boy is Boba Fett, so I was curious to know, what would you like to see in a Fett spinoff? Are there any specific things you would like addressed? Would you want it to take place after Episode 6 or sometime before, during or before the original trilogy? Another question. Do you guys feel that there will ever be a time in the future where the world won't need Star Wars? Or do you feel like that it will ever fade away? I know that Star Wars has been a big deal for my entire life, and it probably will be for the remainder of my life. I was thinking about it too much the other day, and it started making me sad thinking about the possibility of Star Wars being lost in time. How do you guys feel? As always, I appreciate you guys, and I eagerly await the next episode. First off, I want to say I'm starting to think me and this Aaron guy were separated at birth. This whole this line specifically about how it started making him sad thinking about the possibility of Star Wars being lost to time. There was this article that came out some a little bit before The Force Awakens, and the headline was, You Won't Live to See the End of Star Wars. That and that shit, made you sad. That, no, it didn't make me sad. Worse, it gave me a panic attack. Oh, my God. I was like, Jesus Christ, I got to figure out, this singularity needs to happen so I can get transferred into a robot body oh, so I can no. see all these Star Wars movies. No. I'll say this. Star Wars turns 40 years old next year, and it has not faded away yet. It's had its... It's peaks and valleys, but it's not fully gone away yet. Now, does that mean it'll be around forever? Probably not. Although I think it's made such a cultural impact and has managed to get passed on from generation to generation so much that I think it'll be around for a good while. And even if it gets to the point where it is remade or something, you know, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like. Does anything ever die? Like, how old is the fucking Snow White? You know what I'm saying? We're still getting shitty movies about that. People still write novels in the Lovecraft mythology, don't they? They do. They do. I mean, you know, a a, a universe that you create can live forever because it can continuously reinvent itself and grow. I think the nature of Star Wars will change once mankind really goes to the stars. When we actually oh. travel off-world, the concept of it will change to adjust more to the reality of space travel because, That's I don't a, know, we'll learn things along the way I, that will change the nature of I it. I did not think about that. That is a good-ass point. Um, as far as a Boba Fett movie, I'm telling you right now, I, one movie might not even be enough for me. I might need, like, a, a sextet. Is that six, right? I mean, and... and 
I want a sexy fucking Boba Fett movie. Boba Fettish. Where he's like, let me take off my armor. Leave the helmet on. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? Honestly, in my opinion, what I want um, from a Boba Fett movie is is after Return of the Jedi. And that's partially for for selfish reasons. So I can just be like, see, he didn't die like a bitch in the Sarlacc. He got out. Um, and like the first half of the movie, there is no dialogue. Like you just see him like instantly stand up out of the sarlacc pit and then like look around i don't like he, that he, like go to whatever objective he's got to achieve and just like crush everything because i think you know even if he gets out of the sarlacc i think he needs like i don't think he's going to get out completely unscathed no i mean like i'm just talking about being a badass like oh i mean that's number not one stopping like not quitting don't not getting tired like just continuously. i want story in it though i don't want just like I, I i'm not saying this is a bad thing but i want more story than there was in the latest mad max movie which as a caveat i really enjoyed yeah but the thing i like about star wars is there is story and not just mindless action you I, know what i mean and i don't, I don't necessarily want mean mindless action fast and furious no slave one i guess i'm not representing what i think would be like he climbs out of the sarlacc digestive juices everywhere like mm. pissed thirsty like just tears ass to wherever he's covered in go. sarlacc piss can't wait to get back to his, the slave one and take a shower and will knock out anybody in his way on right to right there. like i don't know that's just kind of what i'm talking about <coughs> but I, um, I do like the ability to tell a story without having to use dialogue i think that's it's just something that I like. I don't know. I do too, but it's also... I think it's good for those characters that need to be silent. It is. And they can do it. Like uh, that movie Dread, the second, the newest Judge Dread movie, it did a really good job of having a character that was in a mask all the time that did not have much dialogue. So they could take a page out of its book. Now, that movie was also not very successful, though. Granted, apples and oranges, when you're talking about Judge Dread versus you know a character in the biggest franchise ever uh, something you know <coughs> just uh, the first thing that mirrors it when i come to mind is the halo forward unto dawn little mini series videos where master chief shows up but he doesn't you know he only says what he has to or yeah like you know he's not very vocal he's also not in that very much he's not that's what i'm saying i want more boba fett than there was master, master chief, chief in, in that Florida. not that once again I really like Forward Unto Dawn. It's really well done. I, I mean... Well done. I, eventually when they... It's going to happen that we're going to get a Halo movie one day. You have to. When that happens, I want it to be on a much grander scale with a much higher budget than those. Because as good as they are, you can also see sort of... You know... I would totally be okay if you just told me the Master Chief stories all over again. Starting from Reach... And ending at Halo 3. Like, send him off into space, still frozen, you know. That would be cool. You don't even have to pick it up at Halo 4. We'll call it quits there. Like, <laughs> there's something epic about that send-off. Um, but, that being said, I don't think that's when the Boba Fett movie is going to be set. There's been some rumors that sort of the Boba Fett and Han Solo movies will sort of play off each other. That makes it seem like they're going to create backstory between solo and fett like i i think that's almost a given if not more reason as to why fett and solo have such a thing against each other it seems um 
I, I would be okay with that. I just, you know, at some point, the backstory and the, the older stories aren't going to interest me as much as stuff post-Jedi and during The Force Awakens. I'm okay with it now. But eventually you they're going to have to move on. You still have that urge to know what happened to the galaxy after right. the Emperor fell. Exactly. And I understand why they're waiting to get to that. They're waiting for the pieces to fall into place from episode 7, 8, and 9. You know, and to see what where they can go from there and what they can, you know, call back to and stuff. But eventually I'm going to want stuff that hasn't been explored. Like, it really bums me out that the Marvel comics are mainly still set in between A New Hope and Empire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the exception of Poe Dameron. Um, but, moving on, uh, and thanks again for writing in, Aaron. Our buddy Tomas. Oh, by the way, when were you um, born, Aaron? Because we might, might need to check some hospital records and see if there was a separated at birth. I know you got a kick-ass beard. I got a kick-ass beard. You know, that's one mark in your favor. I think I think I'm on to something here. Might need to do some genetic testing. Uh, this is from our buddy Tomas. Hey guys, so this week I have a question regarding what should be canon or not. So the Lego rendition of The Force Awakens will be coming out soon. And I saw the trailer for the game, and it said that it would include storylines that were never touched in the movies. For its instance, there is a whole section about Lore Santeca. In the movie, though, we see Lore Santeca for like five minutes. Would you be okay with Disney slash Lucasfilm putting the canon sticker on a game like this that brings something new to the universe? That's all I've got for this week. Keep up the great podcasting. Um, well, <clears throat> I know for a fact that Pablo says the Lego has said the Lego stuff isn't canon. And I can see why. There's a reason why they do that. That allows the Lego branded stuff to be what it is and it's you know to it's take a little that whimsical yeah nature and storytelling and, and, and it also has you know i don't want to i don't want to downplay it because i do i enjoy fucking lego i enjoy fucking and the thing it does is that it, it makes it just a little bit silly and lighthearted, mm-hmm. and you have to have that to keep kids entertained for that long you know those those moments in a movie don't come that often so you've got to smash i don't them even up right next want to say it's just for kids because like i, I enjoyed think... the lego movies yeah i enjoy the lego games yeah the thing is is like, like i like legos i like building that's what legos i'm saying i like, like building lego sets like you're not hitting on something i don't like you know so i think the reason they keep it separated from canon because it does allow it to because the tone isn't consistent. You know what I'm saying? With normal Star Wars. Right. And um, as far as... And I know they, they are doing... From what I understand, there's a Lore Santeca part. There's a uh, how C-3PO got his red arm section in the new Lego game. And then there's also going to be... Uh, they're going to fill in how Han and Chewie captured the Raftars. Now, the C-3PO's red arm thing... That's already been canonized in a comic, how that all happened. So I imagine it'll sort of play off of that. Um, and as the Lore Santeca and the Han thing, the Han thing, those two I could see becoming canon eventually and being similar to how they're portrayed in the Lego game, but not exactly, because it's a Lego game. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think it's fine to keep the Lego se- stuff separated from canon. Because also, like... And once again, it just goes back to the tone of it all. I think if you make the Lego game and the stuff the Lego game features 
as canon, then you get into this weird, like, so, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so things were real fucking silly it, it, leading up to The Force Awakens, which, right. once again, at, for a Lego game, is fine. Um, you just in Lego, you can't be that serious. You can't. Things aren't that serious. They're just not. <laughs> and you Lego don't is always. whimsical and fun. Like, and, and so is Star Wars, though. Star Wars can be whimsical and fun. It, it can it, be, but it's heavy. It's heavy, but it it never gets to the point of fucking grim. You know what I'm saying? It has its moments, but it never gets fucking Christopher Nolan grim. Fucking when people say Star Wars is dark, what they mean is that's dark for Star Wars. In comparison, not that dark. The darkest thing we've seen is a grown man massacring kids, and that shit is. Very dark. I mean, the story is father against son. Like, son's... Yeah, but that is a tale as old as time. I mean, it is, but that's still dark. Like, that's not it's dark. Light. It's heavy. It's dark and it's heavy in quotation marks, in my opinion. I mean, at the at, the, at its core, The Empire Strikes Back, which everybody says is the darkest one, is still a fun movie. Yeah, it's a great There's movie. It's like a perfect movie. There's like... fucking a little green frog man that beats up a robot with his cane over a fucking lamp. I mean, and Salacious Crumb. Salacious Just... Crumb. Oh, I love me some Salacious Crumb. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, for matters of consistency, I think you can't include everything in the canon. You, you can't. So we got one last email, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, before we do that, I just want to thank all you guys that write in to us because on slow weeks like this, you guys' emails are fucking essential. Everybody otherwise, loves fan love. Other, other, uh, otherwise, Will and I would just be sitting here looking at each other like, oh no, man. No, we'd intensely be debating something like the nature of Palpatine versus Yoda. Like we, I mean, like we've we, we've like done we that before. Into. We have done that before. And this one is from our buddy Oliver. That's right. Hey, Halls and Will. Oliver here. The not catfish. He is not a catfish. I haven't been able to listen to the recent episodes lately, which make me kind of sad. I'm sorry, buddy. But this week, I caught up with all of Blue Harvest and Rogue One episodes, and all of them were awesome. So there were some rumors. Oh, so I sort of made that a run-on sentence. So there were some rumors before... The Force Awakens released that there was a Star Wars live-action Netflix series in the works. This rumor kind of died when the movie came out, so I guess it was just a clickbait. Although I still think that a TV series could be a perfect way to cover up the time in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Because most Star Wars fans don't read the canon books and comics that take place in this time period, I could still see a casual Star Wars fan watching a live-action TV series, though. Another way Disney can tell these stories is by doing a new prequel movie or even a new trilogy. I would rather see them make a TV series than a new prequel trilogy, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. That's all I have to say for now, so thanks for making my all-time favorite podcast, guys. Well, thanks for writing Thanks, dude. You're the best, Oliver. You are. Um, (coughs) You you start. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before we get live action star wars tv i would love it i would be one of those people that would get oh have you seen this on netflix because 
Netflix is a thing. People watch, you know, have you seen Marco Polo on Netflix? Have you seen Daredevil? Have you, did you see the Punisher in Daredevil? Like there are people, have you seen House of Cards? Like, yeah, it will be one if it's good. Like I know it would be, you know, I don't care where you said it and it would be great to up. um, It would feel like rebels. I think Mm -hmm. whatever show you're going to make to tell the time between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. No, I thought that's what you were, the era you were talking about. You're you want to know what? Yeah, we've already established that. Yeah, brain fart. Uh, but I feel like any story that really takes place between, I guess, where I was going was Episode three and four, is mostly just gonna feel like rebels. Rebels. Yeah, and uh, you know that's clearly what Lucasfilm <laughs> wants you to believe about that time. I think already. Well, yeah, there's that, and I mean, there's also gonna be. There's a huge difference between animated and live action, just in presentation and writing and format and all that. So I think if they did set it in between episode and three and four, it would feel different than Rebels in some respects, and then in other respects, it would it would feel similar. Um, but the- I don't know when they would set a TV show, but I'm all for it. The question for me is, I don't. Disney does have a really big deal with Netflix that goes into effect in September. I don't I don't think you can do it in that era just because you have all this pressure for Luke or Leia or Han to show up at some point. Like you know they're around about the galaxy like Yeah, unless you recast it. You could recast them. I I think it's inevitable. Unfortunately, I mean Han Solo's already been recast. Is that Brandon, what you would like? Young, um if that gets us the story, you were cool with it. I'm cool with it because the thing is, and and this actually goes back to sort of Joe's email. So far, they have Disney slash Lucasfilm have nailed the casting. Now, the only thing we've ha- we've got to go for go on is the Force Awakens. We haven't seen Rogue One. Um, I have no reason to think that anybody that cast in Rogue One is going to be bad. Um, but I was thinking about this. When I read Joe's email, like, all the new cast members in The Force Awakens are fucking perfect. Even though I hate Adam Driver, he's good as Kylo Ren. I don't say he's not. No, uh, everyone's acting is on point. He plays a fucking little little bitch real well. Um, Finn and Rey, Poe, even Hux, like, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata... Fucking, I mean, Snoke, I'm going to leave my judgments on Snoke out until we figure out more stuff. Until right. we see more and learn more about him, I'm not going to make any judgments. Um, but I don't have a, a problem with any of the casting thus far. I didn't feel like anybody's performance was weak. So if they set out for either a movie or a TV series and we're like, look, we need to recast Luke, Leia, and Han... I think they would do their due diligence and and get it as close as possible. That's probably true. Um, and to be honest, like I love Star Wars books, I love comics, I love video games, but I don't love any of those more than the movies. To me, the movies are the top tier. Right. And a live action TV series could be on that same level if done right. Right. Um, Clone Wars, for the most part, is on that level. Rebels is a little lower than Clone Wars. 
I don't dislike it as much as some people, but you know, it's a different product altogether. Right. Um, so when we do get the story and, and figure out what's gone on between return of the Jedi and the force awakens, I would rather see that visually than have to read a book about it or a comic, you know, even if it was animated, that's, you know, honestly, that's one way you get around that you do it animated and then, I mean, you get people that sound like Luke, Han, and Leia. That's true. Boom, you're done, yeah. you know? Um, and I would be okay with that. And who's to say you do a live-action series set in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens that has to focus on them? They don't have to be the main characters. I'm not saying it does, but you know that Leia's relevant in the galaxy. Like, yeah. Let's say, you obviously, Luke's, you don't have to come across Luke, he's in exile. You don't have right. to come across Han. He doesn't go, you know, he's crossing the seedier parts of the galaxy. Right. But Leia, how do you explain in a movie in the world you just don't even... I mean, you can mention... In a time era where you don't address her relevance to the time. Depending on when it's set, you can get around it, honestly. You can because mention them, I Le- guess. Leia's a senator. Like, she's not out... And that's not to say she didn't get into any adventure in between those two movies. But for the most part, it seems like she was doing her political thing. You know, and if you're wanting to do Star Wars adventure, you're not going to be in the Senate for a whole lot, if at all. You I know? know, just I feel like telling a story in that era, you can't neglect their presence in the galaxy. I think you can have their presence be felt without having to see them at least all the time. I'm not saying you got to go the whole time without seeing them, but also I'm I'm always down for new Star Wars character. Every new Star Wars character has the potential to be another new favorite character for me right you know what i'm saying has the potential to be a new finn poe or ray which they nailed you know what i'm saying i I love all three of those characters in very different ways um so i want i want another badass ship captain i want another han solo i want to love a ship captain like malcolm reynolds from like serenity and his crew like i that's what i would like to see a story about a crew like Kind of like Rebels. I mean, that is. That's, I mean, Rebels is Star Wars Firefly. I say it all the time. It's it, it, it's Star it, Wars Firefly for the most part. To me, it doesn't have the grittiness that Firefly had, but that's because it's it's a different it's a different thing. It's, it's Firefly and apples and oranges once again. I know. Um, and the thing is, is I think people need to manage their expectations when it comes to this whole gritty thing with Star Wars. Um, you know, a lot of the rumors about these stupid Rogue One reshoots is that some of it is to add a little levity to it because there is a humor element in Star Wars and some people don't like how it's done sometimes, say Jar Jar, and some people like how it's done other times, say, should I get out and push or would it help? Would it help if I got out and pushed? It It might. might. You know what I'm saying? So there is humor in Star Wars. Um, and I don't know how people would react. I think people want something that they don't really want. Like, I think if you got the gritty, grim Star Wars, you would be like, Jesus Christ, where's the fucking fun in this? If you got Batman versus Superman Star Wars. I still haven't seen that. An unfun star, uh, unfun superhero movie that's just grim and dark and brooding. I'm not interested. I, I think you can do dark darkness. Brooding. 
Oh, I'm not saying you do. Uh, there's just a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I want dark Star Wars. I, I mean, think I, you need to manage your expectations on that. I on see what the you appeal, consider. and I feel like a TV show is the best way to do that. And I, that Daredevil is what makes me think that. Yeah, once again, a different beast. I, the right character done in that format could be good, but I think... But, I mean, it, it even has a cast, like... You still relate to all those characters, you know, Foggy and the Punisher and oh no no I agree lady. that's what like, I'm saying like you you would have to pick it the right have character to be just one character I'm talking about something that real that there's violence there's I mean you'll get that see that's the thing if you want that there's other things besides Star Wars for that you know what I mean I don't need there to be excess violence but seeing the gritty. You know, knowing that there are bounty hunters like Cad Bane and Boba Fett, and like you don't like get to see them perpetrate crime a whole lot. You know, like you don't get to see things from their perspective. What is the underworld of? I liked the concept of the underworld. The grittiness is what I think about, like working for Boba Fett. I mean, not Boba Fett, Jabba the Hutt. Right. Working for the Hutt clan. Like, what is that like? Being an assassin droid. I and mean, there's there's the opportunity. The way you can do that because there's there's opportunity for that in Star Wars, but I just also think that Star Wars's tone is different, even from Marvel comics. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, so I think it's always like a lesson to be learned. Like, uh, there is there's always a moral to the story. Right now, I'm not saying. Look, <clears throat> George Lucas was working on a live-action Star Wars show called Star Wars Underworld, uh, which was probably going to be more in the vein of what you're looking for. But I still think had that come to fruition, it would have had its humorous moments. It would have been... I'm not saying it, it needs to. Like, I think... so. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, See, that's the thing. I think it's hard to say that, especially with Joss Whedon stuff, because there is so much humor in it. Yeah. You know, there are some dark shit in Buffy. There's some dark shit in Serenity and and his other stuff. But at the end of the day, he also made the Avengers, which while there are dark parts, it's also fun. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's also Star Wars movies. And that's not what I'm I'm not trying to erase that. Oh, I know. I know you're not. I'm not saying remove that feeling. I don't need it to be like you said, like Batman, you know. The Dark Knight Returns, Star Wars. Yeah, like, I'm not interested in that. I don't need it to be gritty and sad or angry. Like, I, it, I think there's room for sadness, you know, and sad things in Star Wars and, and things like that. I think you just also don't want to f- stray too far from the swashbuckling, uh, Buck Rogers, you know, serial format of if Star Wars. If it were Wars. a story about a Jedi, like... I I'd take that over the underworld story all day. Oh yeah, I just love Jedi, and I yeah, love exactly. the story of a Jedi. But I feel like if you were going to see the underworld, it it couldn't be from a jet. You know, there couldn't be a whole bunch of Jedi. In it. Right. I think I think a lot of people, and and it's understandable because of how TV has going nowadays. Because like on regular network TV, you get a fucking glut of terrible ass reality TV. You know what I'm saying? And then if you want something that's well-written and well-performed, you got to go to the you know the cable channels or the premium channels. You're going to like HBO or Netflix or HBO, Showtime. AMC if you want some Breaking Bad and shit like that. 
And I think, you know, and I I, I, I like those shows. I see their appeal. I love Game of Thrones. I love Breaking Bad and shit like that. But just because it's good in that format doesn't mean it's good for Star Wars is what I mean. Um, but, I, look, they could bring out a fucking rated R because, you know, they consider Daredevil and Jessica Jones as close to rated R as Marvel is going to get. Right. Um, and... They bring those. They could bring out something in that vein, and I'll be like, "God damn, it's awesome!" But I, I still get the feeling that with how they're handling it, it will still have sort of that lightness and tone. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, it's hard for me to explain. It's got to be handled right. As long as it's not some CW shit, dude. As long as it's not like the Flash or Arrow, for that matter, soap opera shit. I don't think it will be. Nothing nothing that they have done, you know, previously, especially if you go back to Disney's handling of Marvel and their live-action shows. I guess that comes from the nature of being comics. Well, it comes from the nature of them being comics. It comes from the nature of their target audience and the network they're on. Right. You know, at uh, if it was going to be on network TV, there was a Star Wars live-action show. It's going to be on ABC. That's a Disney-owned network. That's true. I didn't think about that. Or- and they did Lost, which... Lost is kind of a good example. Lost, Lost got, got dark. Dude. It did, but did it get that dark? John Locke hung himself. Okay, okay, yeah. Spoiler alerts if you haven't seen Lost yet. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's an old-ass show if you haven't seen that yet. It's kind of on you. <laughs> but I do apologize. Oh, Will, I was on episode 12 and you ruined it. Um, uh, it, does, it does get lost. Now, I'm not saying... but. At the end of the day, is it as dark as fucking Game of Thrones? No. No. Is it as dark as Breaking Bad? No. no. It's there's there's a undercurrent of adventure and discovery in Lost. You see what I'm saying? That is true. Um same thing goes for Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, it gets a little dark sometimes, but once again, not all that dark. You know? It's still fun. Um varying degrees of success and quality and execution but i think that if they were to do a star wars show it'd be handled a little more seriously than agents of shield yeah because that's still kind of soap opera like um a little bit but not any more than than some star wars stuff really it is kind of soap opera like not on the level of like arrow and flash especially arrow right which i don't have a problem with no no i've watched some arrow and some flash and i liked them both okay but i know what you mean it's kind of like 90210 meets superheroes right you know what i mean yeah um agents of shield i don't feel that way it's more like abc meets superheroes i'm just you know i I guess i'll like colson's memory from coming back from the dead and I guess I'm spoiling a whole bunch of. Other well, I mean that. Right? I mean that is not really so proper. That's comic booky as hell. The guy that was a Hydra member, but now he's back on the team. Mm. You you don't really know what's going on in Shield, do you? Not currently. <laughs> I'm, I'm. This is like from a point up to what I've seen. Mm. Yeah, that didn't really happen. But I'm saying that. I mean, come on, people changing sides. And people coming back from the dead and having to deal with I'm that. Saying that's kind of soap opera like. That's comic, but it's comic, but it's comic book one hundred and one. Yeah, I know. You know the what two I mean? Are intimately related. Uh, 
the difference is that serials a serialized story that's what it is that's what it is at the end of the day and that's what star wars is at the end of the day that's why they're called done yes i mean epic come on star wars is better i mean i guess that's why we're podcasting at all exactly star wars is way better than agents of shield than fucking arrow hands down son legend legends of tomorrow the flash supergirl way better than any of that bullshit and i don't say bullshit in a derogatory term because like i said i've enjoyed all this i i watch agents and, of Shield. Bu- I like and, and by the way hallelujah that that's even happening oh because I, you know that shit I, where was that shit when i was a kid right you know what i'm saying where was my live action fucking superhero shows right do you know how much i would have eaten up a fucking arrow show or a flash I, it would have been had, my birthday party like my birthday yeah. party would have been a fucking green arrow birthday party i would have been going around the neighborhood at Halloween Town being our time being like I failed this city. <laughs> I have a hood and a mask, like running right. around. Uh, no doubt, the closest thing we got was that cheesy '90s Flash show that lasted for like two seasons on Sci-Fi. Is all I remember. Yeah, that was probably the reruns after uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah, Quantum Leap, very comic booky show as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's going to about do it for this week. Uh, Thanks for coming and recording with me, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I would like to thank all our listeners for downloading and and rating. Oh, I meant to address this at the top of the show. Guys, the fan fiction is coming. All right. We've been getting some heat on Twitter about it. Also, someone wrote us a review. They were very nice and gave us a five-star review, but they were like, yo, where's the fan fiction? (laughs) It's coming. Will and I have been extremely busy lately. As soon as we have a free afternoon, say on a weekend or a Friday or something, where we can sit down and bang it out, because it's not going to be a quick process to oh. bang this one out. Oh, and it's going to be full production. Like you, Well, it's I've got news. So, you know, I said first 10 reviews, first fan fiction. Next 10 reviews, the second fan fiction. We got 20 reviews. Oh, so we owe, gotta, we owe them episode we one owe, and two. We owe them two. I'm fully aware of this. It will happen. Okay, guys? As soon as we get a chance, we'll we'll make it happen, and we'll let you know when it's coming. It'll probably be separate from the weekly Blue Harvest show. It'll be like a It'll special episode. It'll have to be an event of its own. So like a um, radio drama. We haven't forgotten. We're not going back on that. It's coming. Okay? The first... The first uh, fan fiction episode, I believe there are three speaking roles. Uh, and I think uh, it'll be me, you, and Jesse because there's two guys. There's a master, there's an apprentice, and there's uh, a female apprentice and her master who doesn't speak. The second one, there's quite a few more speaking roles. We will be in contact with some of our previous guests and extended family from blue harvest so you'll hear lots of nice cameos from people you've heard on the show before that'll be awesome dude i'm so excited if we get to the third one there is a huge battle lots of voice roles um and if we get to that point i might even take submissions from listeners if uh on where to take it no not where to take it where to to get them to do lines oh my god call in and leave us a couple of lines we'll cut you into the episode that's what i was thinking about but anyway thanks for listening guys and please just be patient it'll it'll happen sooner rather than later um go download stone cobra's new album armed and hammered on itunes on spotify at stonedcobra.com or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com 
All right, do that for us. And uh, that's going to do it. So for Blue Harvest, the Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. Ice Cube all day.